Hello, welcome to another beautiful day in the neighborhood. My name is Paige, and I am grateful that you're here to listen as I think with my mouth open on another episode of The Bible, Coffee, and Paige. That would be me. Today, we're going to finish up chapter 15 of John's Gospel, and it's a tough, tough passage for me. John's Gospel has proven uh, eye opening. And a little bit on the side of being a mind-blowing, period. I can't believe I just said period. I'm so used to doing voice text. Open parentheses, close parentheses, open quote, end quote, period. Question mark, exclamation point. <sighs> Such a goofball. Well, to start off this episode, I'm going to be singing an old, old gospel hymn that I trust you'll like, and it has a message from today's passage. The world is not my home, I'm just passing through. Treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. Oh, the angels beckon me from heaven's open door, and I can't feel at home in this world anymore. Oh, Lord, you know, I have no friend like you If heaven's not my home No, Lord, what would I do? The angels beckon me From heaven's open door And I can't feel at home In this world anymore Cool, old-fashioned, old-world gospel bluegrassy type thing it's a good message this world is not my home and that's kind of what we're going to be talking about later on in this uh, passage today so let's just get right to it let's read what we've got to read go back to the beginning here we are uh he just finished up talking about him being the vine and doing the vine and the vine you know fruit those who are attached to the vine will be fruitful. We talked about that yesterday. And he continues on saying, If the world hates you, keep in mind that it hated me first. If you belong to the world, it will love you as its own. As it is, you do not belong to the world, but I have chosen you out of the world, and that is why the world hates you. Remember what I told you. A servant is not greater than his master. If they have persecuted me, they will persecute you also. If they obeyed my teaching, they will obey yours also. They will treat you this way because of my name, for they do not know the one who sent me. Hmm. Let's look at this a little bit. I've got something here in the next page. Uh, I thought this was really kind of interesting. First of all, it says, the world hates you. Keep in mind that it hated me first. If you belong to the world, it would love you. Now, this is called an interlinear version of the Bible. I'm, I'm getting it 
from uh, Bible Gateway, which I subscribe to. And it just basically shows the Greek in the New Testament or Hebrew in the Old Testament equivalents of the English words that are translated. Now, notice I have uh, the word love uh, highlighted in verse uh, 19. If you belong to the world, it would love you as its own. The word there used is phileo. That's friendship. Um, it's, it's the friendship of people who get along with each other. Uh, it's not love like you'd express for someone who you're married to or uh, someone you're infatuated with. It's friendship. But notice, that's how the world loves us. Maybe. If you belong to the world, it would love you. It would be your friend. But the word that John uses about God's attitude towards us is found in John 3.16. For God so loved. That's the way God loves. Self-sacrificial love. It's a deeper love. It's a, it's a love that calls you to put the other person's needs in front of your own. The love the world has for us, at best, we'll be friends. But God's love is such that he gave everything. And we are called to love as God loved the church, as Christ loves the church. We're called to agape, self-sacrifice love. So the world will never love us that way. The world will never give up itself on your behalf. But God did, and we are called to love the way Christ loved. That's number one. Let's go back here again. It says here, if the world hates you, that's an awful strong word. Keep in mind that it hated me first. Let's take a look at that for a second. Here's a Psalm 69. I'm going to read, this is uh, verses one through four. Save me, O God, for the waters have come up to my neck. I sink in the miry depths where there's no foothold. I've come into the deep waters where the floods engulf me. I am worn out calling for help. My throat is parched. My eyes fail looking for my God. Those who hate me without reason outnumber the hairs of my head. Many are my enemies without cause. Those who seek to destroy me. I am forced to restore what I did not steal. This is a testimony of a man for whom the world is coming after him. And he's a godly man. And he says, the world hates me without reason. They hate me without cause. Many of my enemies without cause. In other words, he's done nothing wrong to deserve their wrath. They're just coming after him. And he is being forced by the world around him to restore what he didn't steal. That's the picture that Jesus is painting here. If the world hates you, keep in mind it hated me first. Remember what I told you, a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will persecute you also. Now there's a verse for the, there's a promise verse for the promise verse box, huh? They will treat you this way because of my name, because they don't know the one who sent me. Okay, let's go on to the next part of this here. If I had not come and spoken to them, they would not be guilty of sin. 
but now they have no excuse for their sin. Whoever hates me hates my father as well. If I had not done among them the works that no one else did, they wouldn't be guilty of sin. As it is, they have seen, and yet they have hated both me and my father. But this is to fulfill what's written in their law. They hated me without reason. And here's the psalm that he's quoting from. Psalm 35, 19. Do not let those gloat over me who are my enemies without cause. Do not let those who hate me without reason maliciously wink the eye. They hated Christ without reason. He did good works. He healed the sick. He made the lame to walk, the blind to see, he healed leprosy. He even raised the dead. They have no earthly reason to hate him. But they did. Now, when the advocate comes, whom I'll send you from the Father, the spirit of truth that goes out from the Father, he will testify about me, and you also must testify, for you have been with me from the beginning. All right, we're talking about the Holy Spirit here. Um, he says, when the Spirit, Holy Spirit comes, he will testify about me. In other words, he's going to speak to them in their hearts about Jesus. He's going to remind them of all that Jesus said and did. He's going to open their eyes to new aspects of Jesus. The Spirit of truth. He will testify and about Jesus to the disciples. And that happens with us today, even. Um, I'm constantly being exposed to something new about Jesus. I mean, going through the Gospel of John uh, this time around has been mind-blowing for me. God is reminding me again and again whose I am and where I belong. He's reminding me again and again, like that old hymn said, this world is not my home. I'm just passing through. So Jesus is preparing his disciples for something very, very hard that's coming their way. He knows he's going to be dead soon. He knows that the world is going to come down on top of these disciples like a ton of bricks. What the world doesn't know is that Jesus is going to be resurrected in three days and there and his disciples will be given a strength and a power unmatched by any generation before or since. So this whole this whole passage today it it really rang hard with me. It re enforced something that I knew that I'd been turning a blind eye to for a long, long time. The world is my enemy. Now, when John talks about the world, he's not talking about um, this planet, though it contains the people on it. He's talking about the world system, the system that presents itself against God. And the truth of the matter is, this entire planet is engulfed in a world system that presents itself against God. I don't care what ism you supply, you uh, you respond best to: capitalism, communism, socialism, whatever ism is out there that you like that you apply to. The truth of the matter is, 
it's anti-God. It's going to be anti-God. Even this nation of ours, which was founded with great intentions and purpose to be a place where God would be honored, however you choose to worship him, it's not the same. It's crumbling in on itself. Freedoms for Christians are being eroded. Um, I would not be surprised within three or four or five generations or less that church as we know it today won't even look the same. This world is antagonistic. It hates God. The world system hates God, and it hates all things from him, all things attached to him. That includes me. I have to realize that I am a stranger in a strange land. I have to realize that the world is going to hate me. So what should my response be to that? I think that's probably been the biggest thing I've been thinking about in regards to this. What should my response to the world system be? that hates me so? Do I fight back? Do I uh, retaliate? Do I march on Washington? And I'm not pointing fingers at anybody here. I'm just coming up with things that people do to protest. Should I, should I carry a placard and walk up and down the street? Should I scream and shout at my state, my local state and federal representatives? Should I demand my rights as a Christian? None of those appeal to me. And uh, I'm probably going to offend some people here, but um, I sense that uh, there is welling up inside of me a spirit of resistance that will express itself in this manner. I won't fight. I won't retaliate. I'm going to worship God the way I feel I am called to worship God. I will speak his name in the marketplace. I won't be silent. I will not argue. I'll do my best to be at peace with all men. And no matter what this world system throws at me, I'll remember one thing. I am not of this world. This world system is anti-God. It will never love God. We saw in our Greek interlinear thing here a second ago that the best the world will do will be friendly towards us. Phileo. If it comes down to the world system choosing between itself and godly principles, it will choose itself. Now, what does that mean, though? If, if, we, if the world is going to hate us, what does that mean? That means eventually, if you are walking in the way of God, you will meet opposition. It will be unpleasant. There are Christians now around the world that are being killed for the crime of being a Christian. 
There are Christians in Afghanistan that are being killed for the crime of being Christian and not Muslim. There are Christians in Africa that are being killed for the crime of being Christians. We in the United States, we're very fortunate right now. But it might not be that way forever. I believe with all my heart, soul, and mind that I'm a citizen of heaven on temporary assignment to planet Earth. And no matter what happens in my future to me, the truth of the matter is my citizenship is somewhere else. And 10,000 years from now, when I am in the presence of God, I look back at this 60, 70, 80 years, however long God gives me in this planet, as just a puff of smoke. Jesus, for the glory set before him, endured the cross, incredible anguish and torture. But what do you think it felt like for him to wake up three days later and to be done? To have won the victory to forever sit at the right hand of the Father. What do you think it felt like for Paul the Apostle when he was tortured and imprisoned and finally brought, put his head on the chopping block and when that axe fell, separating his head from his body and he died? What do you think happened? He was released. He won. That's the victory. The enemy thinks, the enemy thinks that the power of death that it wields is its ultimate weapon against us. Now I'm going to go all Star Warsy on you. Do you remember that scene where Obi-Wan Kenobi and Darth Vader are fighting each other? Luke, it's in the, ver I think it's episode four, and Luke is getting away on the Millennium Falcon. And he tells Darth Vader, if you strike me down, I'll become more powerful than you can ever imagine. Now, I know that's all kind of new agey stuff. But in truth, every believer that the enemy strikes down becomes more powerful than ever. The Bible says that we will one day judge angels. What was Lucifer's job description? Oh, wait, he was an angel. Hmm. He thinks by destroying us, it damages us? No, it releases us. Imagine what life will be like free of sin, without the ravages of sin, crippling your body, without the ravages of sin, taking away your mental acuity. Imagine life without sin, where if you're a musician, you can hear a song in your heart and compose it. Imagine life without sin in the presence of God. This world's not my home. And that's what Jesus is telling his disciples. The world's going to hate you. 
But realize this, they're hating you because they hated me first. And no servant is greater than his master. They hate me, they'll hate you. So I am going to ensure that I try not to make friends of this world. I'm not going to embrace political ideology. I'm not going to embrace social ideology. I'm going to embrace the gospel. And I've got two things on my agenda. To love the Lord my God with all my heart, soul, and mind. And to love my neighbor as myself. If John has taught me anything in this gospel so far, it's that. So my word for you today is, kiddos, we're just renting a place here. Honor God with your heart, with your soul, with your mind. Love your neighbor as yourself. And let the chips fall where they may. This is Mr. G, and I'm out of here.